Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat, part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network, with your host Jonah Marie and the Morai to my Ahsoka, my mom Maria. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's how owls do. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> Rebels Chat is a family friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. In episode 97, we will be talking about Wolves and a Door, written by Dave Filoni and directed by Dave Filoni and Bosco Inc., as well as A World Between Worlds, written by Dave Filoni and directed by Dave Filoni and Stuart Lee. All the things by, by Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's making us cry. <laughs> In Wolves and a Door... Ezra and Sabine go to the Jedi Temple on Lothal and discover that the Empire has reached it first. And in a world between worlds, now inside the Jedi Temple portal, Ezra finds himself in a place like no other. So before we jump into these episodes, let's talk about our experience at Lucasfilm when we first watched them and the audience's reactions. So I, I know for Ahsoka, oh, everyone, everyone were, were applauding. And yeah. I remember I was I pushed myself to the front of the seat because I was like on the edge of my seat because I saw it happening 10 seconds before it actually happened. <laughs> was there anything that that you remember you yourself doing while watching it? I was just at the edge of my seat. I spent the whole night at the edge of my seat and just tense, trying to absorb everything that was happening. And when Ahsoka came out, I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> something finally good. <laughs> Not a death, but a life. <laughs> but a life has been given. Yes. So uh, it, it was, you know, very, um, very surreal because one thing is you reacting and then reading on Twitter people's reactions. But another thing is being there and hearing people's reaction and people's gasps and applauding and, and yeah and, and yeah. things like that, you know. Because we're so used to watching it on our own or between us. And we only get that experience in the movies when it's a great movie right. and people just react to things, you know. They this is a show, a TV show. It was a different experience, and I am very grateful for, for the opportunity because it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> so we start off Wolves and Adore with the Loth Cat, just the Loth Cat, you know, in the grass, enjoying its little life. And I'm glad Climbing that. Climbing off the wolf's back. Yeah. And I'm glad that we got that because we came off of these other two episodes that were very intense. Yes, and and so all of a sudden you see this little Lothka and you're like, okay, who? Oh, one thing that the the audience of the show did not see that we got to experience was that little intermission. Oh, where yes, the Lothcat with the Lothka. That was very cute. That's right. Dave had uh, asked, or I think he was part of the process of creating it. The uh, there was a little ten minute intermission, and they had a little Lothcat jumping from one, one side, side to, to the, the other. other. <laughs> Yeah, and, and cleaning his paws. Yeah, and, you know, it, it was very, very soothing. Very like, okay, let me relax. Yeah, yeah. He's probably gonna break my heart again in the next two episodes. And that was the intention. It was to calm things down and remind you that life is still okay. Yeah. <laughs> And so I wanted to know what happened to the white loth cat. I would have figured that little loth cat in the start right? should have been the white loth cat. 
And, and I'm curious, as, I, we haven't seen it. I, I agree with you in, in that I figure it would have been, but I like that it wasn't because this one, it sort of makes me feel like it's more common. Yes. Not special, you know. That's true. Yeah. Distinct, but more common, more like everybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. And so Sabine and the others are trying to make sense of the stone tablet that Ezra got from that wild experience that he had with Doom. I like that we're seeing her language and art skills coming into play. That side of her is taking initiative and and solving some of the puzzles here and there. One very interesting, I don't know if I would call it a parallel, but it's a similarity is, you know, how Thrawn is this tactician warrior but he's also in tune with art and we have Sabine on the other spectrum tactician a warrior and so in tune with art but polar opposites in their delivery and in their design and goals yes I actually wonder whether Thrawn makes art because we know Sabine makes art yeah but I wonder if Thrawn has his own way of expressing himself So in this, after this, they decide that they're going to go to the Jedi Temple. But the thing is, they don't have a way of getting there. And Ezra yes. comes up with a way to do that. And so he summons the Lothwolves. The Wolf Express. The Wolf Express. <laughs> <laughs> nice, mommy. <laughs> the W-E. <laughs> and so I liked how they just popped out of the grass. And it reminded me of, remember in Mulan, when there's the avalanche and all of a sudden the Huns start coming out of the, 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 the snow. No. And then Mushu goes, they just popped up out of the snow like daisies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just immediately thought of that quote for that reason. Yeah, because it, it, it's like they're disappearing and they're going to pop up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Ezra hops onto the white loth wolf, which is the only one that's able to communicate, unlike the others. The others are just regular wolves. And, and yeah, I like Seb's <laughs> comment because Ezra tells him, well, uh, you know, that that one doesn't talk. Right. And say, yes, it does with his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was awesome. And and Zeb, yeah, I love that he was kind of hesitant about it. Yeah, he's a scary cat. Yeah. <laughs> and I brought up in another podcast, I mentioned that it was sort of like how in the mystery of Chopper Base with those Krikna spiders. Mm-hmm. You know how he didn't like, like multi legs, <laughs> yes. and these guys have four legs. So he's like, I don't know, I don't know if I like these <laughs> yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, and and then Hera hops onto hers as well, and she finally, finally uses the goggles. Yes. Yeah, I remember since season one, we've been wanting to see those goggles come and I, down. I, I, I saw the expression on your face, and I heard you, oh, the goggles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you were so excited because she put the goggles. Of all the things to be excited <laughs> about, yeah. you know, you may your your sides and, and your and whatever and whatnot, your noises. But the moment she put those goggles, it was like something awoke in you. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And then Chopper's like, "What about me?" And then the wolf comes and chomps down on him <laughs> and carries him on his mouth. Right. And then this part really. 
in the theater because the, the 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 music music from this scene when they're writing starting to write out and you hear those drums, drums in the background so tribal but and mystical and oh my god it was perfect it still gives me goosebumps i, I listened to it here it did not compare it did not compare yeah Dave, you ruined that eye for me. Because now I cannot watch it on my TV. It's not the same. It's not the same. You can't, oh my once you watch it God. on the big screen, you don't want to go back. That that was amazing. Yeah. The, the, the sounds. I oh. agree. And so they're they're running, they're running. And, and Zeb's like, how long of a ride is this going to be? Because they're, they're in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. And the temple's in the Northern. All of a sudden, they start... Descending, Disa- di- disappearing, like the the comedians who do the escalator behind yeah. the sofa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you like you're pretending that you're, you're, you're going gone. down escalators <laughs> behind a sofa, but you're still there. You're still there. Yeah, that's exactly it. And they just disappear completely. Mm-hmm. And I love the the effect of that because then the grass is just flowing in the wind, and then they go through a portal. It's sort of like entering hyperspace, and then all of a sudden we start seeing all of these flashbacks to moments in particularly in season one and there were a few from season two i didn't write down a list i i I know there are people out there doing that already (laughs) but i love that you know there were pivotal moments in ezra and kenan's story yes what do you think was the purpose behind that why do you think we had to see those flashbacks well the overall feeling that you get is that you are traveling to history. You know how they always say that that before you die, your life flashes in front of your eyes. That's a fantastic point. So it's basically like that. I'm not saying that that he's going to die or or they're not going to die, but they're coming to the end of a journey. They're coming to to an end of some sort. So their lives are flashing before their eyes. I didn't really think about it. I just thought it was highlighting important things that define Ezra and King's Oh, I'm pretty sure that the moments presented were those. Mm -hmm. But in terms of... What I felt the reasoning behind it was, you know, what I feel makes sense to me is sort of like we're nearing our end here. So so everything that is important that that has made that has taken its root in our lives is just flashing before us, letting us know where we started and where we're going to end. Yeah. Flashing before your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's a cool, cool way to think about it. And so Hera and the others end up waking up and they see Ezra. He's he's fine. <laughs> and he's talking to the white loth wolf. I wonder what they were talking about. Probably coordinating in order to have a couple stations of the WE. The, the, the Wolf Express. <laughs> set up for the purpose of traveling between points in Lotho. Uh, I'm sure they were talking about the fact that they have to go on their separate yes. way on their own. And he was probably trying to get the direction because as we know, Ezra and, still gets and, lost on and, the and, fall. And that's basically why he tells the group that, um, you know, from this point on, we have to, we walk, have it. to walk it. And the only thing way that he will know that is because the, that's what he was told. He told him. And Hera, she hasn't gone through this before. No. no. She wasn't there when they did it the first time through the cave. Hera, H- Hera, I still 
feel that she's still struggling with the loss. Oh yeah, of course. You know, you yeah. you get that sense from her. Yeah, she that she and she also has a tough time letting Ezra and Sabine do what they have to do because she's afraid of losing, losing them, them too. as well. And and we'll get to that, but she used to believe that things would be okay was was something that they could rely on, but that's not not, not but, the case. But you know, it's it's very and and this goes to to the artistry and the talent of the writer and the the Vanessa. the the, uh, the actors yeah. as well as the um animators animators yeah because the the way the she moves the, the the expression the tone in her voice and the words place in in places gives you that feeling that yeah. she's still struggling mm-hmm. with the loss and it is scary cuz this is the point where you could make mistakes when you oh, question yeah. yourself yeah so it, it, it's sort of like I wanted to shake her and like get a grip on yourself, girl. We can cry more later. <laughs> right now, put your goggles on. Do what you need to. I see what you <laughs> And mean. she still yeah, does it, it, but you get that sense. Yeah, for sure. You know, the wolves end up leaving and, and Zeb says, I'm glad they're on our side. And Ezra says, they're on Lothal's side. And then Sabine responds saying, is there a difference? Yes, it and, is. And Ezra says, let's hope not. <laughs> you know, uh, um, nature's needs are not humanity's needs. As our own. Yeah. And while we may want to preserve nature, our needs comes always first. But nature on the other side sees a different point of view, you yeah. know? Which is why I love the movie everybody criticizes from M. Shyamalan. I love that freaking movie. Oh, it's the, uh, the happening. Yeah, to have nature come back at you for all you have done, you know? Yeah. They're the ones in control. And when when Ezra says, you know, they're on false side. And when Sabine says, but isn't it the same? Not necessarily. necessarily. And I didn't think that the wolves would return. After this is all done, said and done, I thought they were going to leave Ezra and the others to their own. But if you guys watch the trailer, the little mini trailers for the final episodes, you see the wolves present. And actually, they were present in the the season four trailers because they had some similar footage. And I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot that the wolves were running while the ghost was flying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going to play a part in whatever happens in the next couple of episodes. And so they head off to Lothal's Jedi Temple. And when they get there, they see that there's a giant excavation site. Yes. I brought up the fact in that other podcast I was in, the I Am Canon podcast. I had studied archaeology in school, and even though they had a perfectly great setup, and you can tell that they had the proper equipment to go about doing this, there was just no respect Yes, for what they were doing. The emperor is not there to preserve and to bring the beauty out for the world to see. The emperor is there with one goal in mind, acquire power. Yeah, basically. And so Ezra points out that they even carved out 
the door, like the, 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 and the yeah. temple has sort of sealed itself in response. So it's interesting to think of the temple as something. As an entity. As an entity, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so Ezra and Sabine decide to go in to investigate further. And in order to do that, they have to disguise themselves. So thankfully, they see these two scout troopers coming around and they distract them with a recording of Thrawn. And that actually threw me off my Man, like the first time yeah, yeah. I saw it, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is What's happening? going on? <laughs> and then when 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 uh Thron says uh we're not here for something uh, yeah, yeah, the comment yeah. he says, yeah. I go, "Ah, okay." Right, right. Who is it? <laughs> And yeah, I remember that it was from one of the previous episodes. I was like, oh, okay. It took me a little while for it to click. And so they're knocked out and they take up the armor for themselves. And I like that one of them was actually a woman. So you have Sabine in in a scout trooper uniform. And now I need a figure for that (laughs) from Hasbro. Please make it happen. And Sabine actually gets closer to one of them. And unfortunately, they're caught by Minister Hayden, who Wait. reminds me of you if we were ever to walk into an excavation that you are performing because yeah. you will not let nobody touch anything. Even though the Empire was going about this thing the, the wrong way, way, he definitely seemed to have, I don't know whether respect is the word. He knew that everything was important, no yes. matter how insignificant it looked. You know, that that I kind of identified with because you yeah. need that sort of attitude. Not Nothing too small can be thrown away. You yeah. never know what it can signify. But he was voiced by Malcolm McDowell. Yes. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's the guy who was in. And I couldn't remember exactly what it was before I moved on to what was going to happen next. <laughs> but, yeah, that's really cool that they brought this actor in. And, and Adjua actually references him in his email. So we'll, we'll mention that later when we get to it. And so he calls it a gateway. Yep. So there's a lot of different words that they use to describe whatever it is that they're uncovering. And I, I immediately go to Stargate. This is yes. <laughs> before Star Wars. My love was Stargate, <laughs> um, and I remember when I used to be obsessed oh, with Stargate. Oh yes, so yes, good times. I used to have my own Stargate website. Well, for, first you were obsessed with Egyptians. Yes, and I remember we were watching. This is when before it was in Showtime. Before it came to Sci-Fi to Sci-Fi, yeah, and. We were watching one night, late at night, and you went to the the kitchen to get water, and you came back, and you saw the Egyptian images, yeah. and you, what's that? <laughs> Immediately stopped, what's that? <laughs> oh, wow. And that was it. You needed to watch it, and that's it. Yeah. Stargate forever. <laughs> yeah, and I remember being obsessed with the song. Every time I... Because we would go, we had a curfew. We went to sleep at 10, and that's when the show used to come on uh, yeah. on Fridays. And so I would go to sleep at 10, but I would still hear the theme song. And I'd, you know, I'd go along with the theme song, not knowing what the heck the heck show was about. Was about. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you woke up to get water just to see what it was. Most likely. <laughs> 
Uh, and so, yeah, I became obsessed with Stargate. And the whole concept of Stargate, if you're not familiar, is this giant portal, essentially, that has wormholes connect from one location to another. The same setup that you see inside the temple for the different timelines. Right. Is the setup that you see in Stargate Only for, for for going from one world to, to another. another. Right, in present time. Uh-huh. Although there are situations where they dealt with time. And that was whenever the sun flares, it would affect the Stargate and how it functioned. And there was one episode where they get tossed back to 1969. So, yeah, I, I really like that now Star Wars is playing with time. For a lot of people, Star Wars is categorized and defined as a uh, space fantasy so now you can actually say oh my god star wars had a sci-fi moment had a sci-fi moment and it was awesome (laughs) um and so we have the 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 death troopers are are also present and one of them gets in trouble for letting sabine and ezra touch this artifact and the the death trooper asks for their numbers and their codes and ezra very confidently says that he doesn't need that information and that he's going to forget about this encounter. And I I just love the progress. Uh, yeah, he, no hesitation, no 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 thinking about it. He just waved his hand. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That was it. That was it and they move on. <laughs> that that is awesome. Ezra has grown quite a lot to the point where I'm just like maybe they have to kill him off because <laughs> Because no, he's so powerful. do not say that. Do not <laughs> I know, say that. I know. I love my Ezra and I don't want him to die. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, Sabine tells Chopper to reroute the transmission that Haydn is going to get. And they find that this transmission is coming directly from the Emperor. So the Emperor says, We must discover the secrets of the temple, for even now our enemies move against us. <sighs> I hate Palpatine. I <laughs> The guy is such a creeper. Yeah, he is. And so Haydn, he talks about how they reached the base of the temple. And I found this to be very interesting, the fact that he said that. And he found more iconography related to the Mortis gods. I'm curious as to why they were referred to as gods. So were they worshipped at some point by people in in a distant past? Yeah, most likely um, religion through the ages evolved and some religions see deities in in many of the personifications that supposedly have taken corporeal form here on earth and i do see with the power that these entities had they're very godlike that they will be considered gods yeah. and at some point in the past even revered as such which could make sense in in what they end up doing and what the father ended up doing which was retrieved from the outside world mm-hmm. because of how powerful their children have become and most likely this power had had come through the adoration of the masses you know, it's it's very empowering when you hear people liking you and following you. And this is one of the things that I like about Twitter. Twitter s- somehow has set has set a little niche for people to try and climb the god stairs. You know, <laughs> where I, I'm followed by this much and this much are following. You know what you I'm know, saying? It's, it's very interesting how we and, look and at it that. plays yeah. to to our 
unconscious uh, need Ego. to have that. Right. So I, I, I don't have any doubt that that probably played into the father's decision to pull himself and his children off the outside world and into the world we got to know with the Clone Wars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, at some point, they most likely were revered as such as gods. Yeah. Once they removed themselves out, then the Jedi follow the, the teachings. Yeah, I can see that. And I can see how this was eons ago. Oh, yeah. Because, again, they mentioned the base and how this was at the very, very bottom of the temple. And I forget where exactly we heard this before. Oh, it had to be actually from Star Wars The Clone Wars because the temples, the Jedi and Sith temples, there's like layers to them because yeah, over they're... time they're always built upon yeah. by someone else or by something else. And so for this to be at the very base means that it was some of the first, first. manifestations of the Force in the temporal world, what yeah. they call the temporal world. So I, I found that to be very fascinating. And then over time, more layers were added by the Jedi, maybe even by the Sith at some point. Yeah. Cool stuff. Uh, yes. <laughs> And so the emperor says, there has been a great disturbance in the force. The death of Kanan Jarrus, he he said it that way, (laughs) has altered the fate of Lothal, though how I cannot say. Remember when Dave and I and you and I were talking about you know how how the inquisitor is following them why why are they finding them and there were actually hints about this when i was doing my rewatch this was happening way back in season 1 where you know that the emperors after certain individuals specifically Kanan and Ezra and so it's interesting to hear him say that Kanan's death has somehow altered the fate of Lothal i guess it altered it in in a good way that's what I'm hoping for, and that's why I gave you my my theory about the fate of of uh, the family reunion being a possibility of Ezra being reunited with his parents because his parents actually did not die, as he was told, you know, because it was only just a comment said by a person, and that's it, no other proof, you know, right. So yeah, as a back as ba- some background, we I was depressed. Yes, <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, what's going to happen to Ezra and, and Ma? Because I told her that on Twitter, I read that someone said, oh, you know, family reunion could actually mean the reunion of Ezra and, and his parents, but not in the way that you expect. Maybe is Ezra basically dying and then joining them? You know how people say that when you die, you you join others in in, in heaven and whatnot. So when they said that, I was like, oh god, that's when I. Ended entered my depressed state and mommy tries to cheer me up by by saying the opposite by saying yeah it could be a reunion but it could be that the parents are actually alive so that's where that theory is coming from because i don't know for whatever reason i was always suspicious of asari i, know, I was i was so, suspicious you know, of zadi as well and i was just like this guy is giving me vibes where i can't trust him i can't believe him you know up until you know there was a point where i was like okay this guy is actually the real deal I, i'm pretty sure you know that he is the real deal but I don't know but why. But he doesn't have the full yeah. information. He doesn't exactly. have what so, happened, really, see, ultimately. Yeah, maybe there is a family reunion. But what if it's because his parents 
you know, are alive. And and the fact that he mentions his parents in this in the next episode, he says, "I I wish my parents." You know, he he wishes for things that he no longer has. I wish my parents were here. Yeah. I wish they were alive. I right. wish we were back to yeah. think how things were. So, so I, it gives it, it gives you the impression that there's something there's a signif- there's a reason why he said that there's always a purpose to every action and to everything that they do and say and when he said that I was like huh <laughs> so who knows you know so, yeah so, so there's one more theory out there people <laughs> yeah so I, I wonder if the emperor actually wanted Canaan instead of Ezra. I don't doubt it. And and that's why this is sort of like an inconvenience. And and now he has to change his plans a bit to be able to entice Ezra. And he actually does. And we'll talk about it when we get there. Now we know that this is what Minister Tua was, was talking about mm-hmm. in season two. The fact that it wasn't kyber crystals for the Death Star. Maybe it was at some point during the harvestation of, of Lothal's fields. But... Now we know that there was, was so much more. It was the temple and the power it held. Yeah, yeah. And and I like that he calls it the conduit between the living and the dead. Well, it is. Because as we're going to see, you practically brought somebody who was thought to be dead. dead. And, and we have to talk about time and how this functions. <laughs> because in order for that... So, Okay, let's, okay, okay, let's let, talk about let, it now. No, 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 no. Let's keep on going. Dang it. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, so Hera wants to fall back. She's already feeling very apprehensive yep. about this, especially because the emperor is involved. And Zeb reminds her, remember why we came. Yep. And she even said it. Let's do this for Kanan. She's afraid to lose every, anyone else. And I don't blame yeah. her. So Kanan, in that moment, appears to her. And his hand is on her shoulder. I know people think, oh my gosh, he's a first ghost somehow. No. But uh, Dave actually did explain during the Q&A that it's, it's just a memory. Yeah. It's, uh, he obviously had more elaborate things to say about it. It is very interesting. When we lose people, our minds... We try to find a reason. Yeah. I remember when I lost my, my dad, I was um, barely 11 years old. And I had a very close relationship with my dad. I developed these dreams, so vivid, very vivid dreams. And actually, they're about the few dreams that I can really remember. And there were dreams where my father was sitting down and talking to me and it, they felt so real. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of a way of me coping with the loss. The loss. And this happens a lot. People say, oh, I felt this or I felt a kiss or I felt an arm. I felt some cold. This yeah. is your mind dealing with the, the loss. loss. Could it be real? Yeah, yeah you know, you, you never know. You never know. But it is a common thing that happens mm-hmm. when when you lose a loved one. And she felt him. She felt him putting his hand on her shoulder, mm-hmm. being there for her. Yeah. So yeah. that made her feel, okay, I'm not alone. Mommy, don't make me cry. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm going to cry right here with you. <laughs> okay, so then Zeb says, they'll be fine. He reassures her that they'll be fine. But then Hera responds with, I used to always believe that. And it's sad that her faith is shaken. Yes. 
And so they see the painting, Ezra and, and Sabine, and they come closer to analyze it. And Sabine is the one to really start to like... Relate the, the, the symbols. Yeah, from the stone so, to what they see on the So the you, wall. Have, you, you have three figures. You have a main figure in the center, the daughter and the son. And she associates the hands on the tablet with the hands of, of, the each, per- figure. of each figure in yeah. the painting. Right. And, and she even asks Ezra, does anything look familiar to you? And, and he says that owl on her shoulder, whenever Ahsoka was around, that owl was near her. It was, it was in the area. A lot of people were like, well, Sabine should know, too, because it was on her on her armor. And it's true. It was on her armor. That was something that was even in the when you go back to the episode where she had that costume change. The concept art says that this is what Ezra described to Sabine and Sabine drew it on her armor. So she's never actually seen it. She's just drawn it based on Ezra's description. So sometimes you don't make the connections because you've never had had that. that, The visual. Yeah, the experience or the the seeing the real thing and then we know that that each hand represents like you said the father son and the daughter i like the fact that in the doom episode guide specifically in the concept art section they show the tablet or at least a version of the tablet when they were working on it and the the version that they have actually has the hands in the center but there's also the mortis gods on top and on the other side there's the force priestesses so we actually haven't gotten to those episodes in star wars the clone wars and then there's lothal on the other side so it's a triangle surrounded by these figures and then at the center are the hands and there's also an extra hand that's pointing yeah and i at that that was pretty cool so if you haven't taken a look at it definitely head on over to starwars.com go to the doom episode gallery and then go to the concept art and they have like the full tablet there and i love that the force priestesses are part of it too and and it's all connected it's all connected yeah <laughs> and so ezra points that there's lothables also in the corner of the painting and then sabine you know she notices the star map and and i love that she says now do your thing and ezra is like wait what thing <laughs> <laughs> I I love that he is super powerful when it comes to doing certain things, but then also super clueless. dense. Yeah, when it so comes clueless. to just you know things in general, <laughs> I love that. That's just a sign of his age and also just yep. just of who he is. <laughs> yeah. And so Ezra does go forward. He takes a closer look, and and Sabine's like, "Hurry up!" And I love that he says, "You can't rush these things." And that reminds me of the mummy. Yeah, when. Evie. Patience is a virtue. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's reading the Rosetta Stone to try to figure out the interpretation or the, the translation. So she said, patience is a virtue. And, he, and Brendan Fraser, his character, he goes, not, not right, right now, now it isn't. isn't. <laughs> so I like that exchange between yeah. both of those characters. Sabine, she gets caught in the process and starts talking military code. The other two troopers find that behavior to be odd because this isn't actually a military operation. 
meanwhile, while this is happening, you have Ezra who's, who's still trying to process what's going on and, and trying to figure out how what he's supposed to be to doing. doing. Yeah, and so he remembers what Kanan told him when they first got to the Jedi Temple in Path of the Jedi, and he says, "Listen to the stone and its story," and that's exactly what Kanan told him. And the trooper at the same time, I love that he goes, "Great, now we both are going to have to file a report." <laughs> You you get the feeling that these troopers don't really want to be there. No, no, none of them do. None of them want to do the paperwork. Um, and so Ezra, with Sabine having taken these troopers away, Ezra now focuses and and he positions his hand similarly to how the daughter's positioned, and he focuses using the force. And moves and then the, the, yeah, the hand starts to move and the stones start to align and everything lights up. The animation that comes from this and is then gorgeous. The, fa- the father finger points, points yeah, to where to the wolves are or the direction. Yeah, where they have to go. And that's when the mo- the, the wolf starts to move again. Yeah, the and they w- start walking. E starts to- the wolf express, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and another thing, when those stones realign... There was an episode in the Freemaker Adventures. Again, if you haven't watched this show, you're missing out because there is an episode in season two when the main character, Rowan, he's in a Jedi temple and he has to figure out how to go through the entrance. And so he has to use the force. And then when he does that, the floor of the Jedi temple starts to realign until it forms the Jedi symbol. And so I thought that was very similar in how Jedi temples function. You know, the key is the force and the lock is just stones that need to be realigned. (laughs) And so the wolves are doing the bidding essentially of the father and they start to walk along the stone and Ezra follows. And so the wolves get to the point where they start making a circle and they start running and that's how the, the portal, portal is activated. Very Stargate again. Yes. Because uh, when he puts his hand through it the first time, I was like, oh my God, that's his just like the just Stargate. Flows. Yeah, it's like, like the event the horizon. horizon. <laughs> um, and then for a lot of us who followed along with Star Wars Celebration Europe two years ago, some of the cards that were released during that event, the tops cards the digital for the digital trading card app, the card of Ahsoka walking through a doorway was also lined with wolves. And we had the answer the whole time. <laughs> it's just that we didn't know what it meant. We didn't know what that those wolves could create and portals. portals. And so Sabine, she eventually gets discovered by Haydn. He knows that something's up and he and they start to swarm around Ezra. And Sabine being held where she is, she tells him to go. And he nods and, and he just jumps right through it. And the two troopers, you know, they try tried. to follow. <laughs> they tried, uh, but, but they, they hit the wall. And do you think that was because... They're not force users, or do you think it was because the person who activated it already already went through, and then that's where it gets cut off? It could be uh, both. Both. It could be yeah. both. The the fact that they're coming after Ezra and not with Ezra in the portal, so they're not force sensitive, and then Ezra is already on the other side. Yeah. So there's no more need for it. Mm-hmm. There's also this concept of 
the whole temple being an entity on itself, knowing when to shut itself out. You know, these are not the good guys. You're not going to let the bad guys go through. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. If the temple shut itself off. Which could explain why Palpatine couldn't really get get in. in. Because the temple is reacting to to what's happening. And and it feels that this is not good. This is not a good force. Which is why the wolves wanted Wanted something to, to be done in the first place. And so one question I did have was just the the painting itself with the sister having the open hand, her being the one to open the portal and the brother being the one to close it completely. So remember, we not completely. I think I don't I don't believe that he can close only if you ask for it. I think I my impression was that the the son, I think his hand completely closes it whereas the father you would have to then touch the father's hand to then go back and then it would resume to where it was before to be able to close it just for temporary not to like destroy it i think the son's hand destroys it it's like like something that's needed there to in the likelihood that you need it to to self-destruct essentially Mm -hmm. But what was your what was your thing? My my thing is that Canaan teaches Ethra that you know he needs to to communicate with it with the stone. He needs to listen to it, and the only reason you listen is in order to communicate. Listening is part of communication. So if you want to relay something to the stone, you need to listen to the stone first. So to me, the daughter opens it and the son closes it. But I don't think that when he closes it, it's necessarily to destroy it. So you Unless Ezra what exactly, asks for which it. is why his eyes glowed at the moment he, he, he did what he did, because it was sort of like a different vibe coming through. Okay. Um, I also am curious as to why the sister is the one to open it and the brother is the one to close it. Like I would have, I in my in, in my opinion, it should be the brother who opens it and the sister who closes it because the brother, I'm sorry, the son, it's in his nature to manipulate something like time and space, whereas the sister would rectify it and close it so that no one else would have the ability. I see it in, in the meaning of the words open and close. Something open is something willing to receive oh, okay. its goodness so it's, while yeah. something that closes and keeps something behind and trap out, you know, is it's more of the negative I feeling. I see what you mean. And, ba- and that's what we know of the son and the daughter. Mm-hmm. The daughter represents the light. The son represents darkness. Okay. That's how I see it. I that- gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And again, why I will think that that is how it works with the father balancing where to go. Are we opening? Are we closing? Right. Being in the middle. Right. Balancing the two sides. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, That's just me. Like a clock. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rebels Chat is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at weareescapepods.com. And on Twitter at We Are Escape Pods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. So, in a world between worlds, we start off with Haydn just having tea with Sabine. <laughs> 
as one does. So, so sophisticated. Sophisticated and <laughs> civilized. <laughs> and he says that Thrawn basically has a collection of her art. And makes sense, given that he studies everyone in great detail. Which is why, um, oh, someone, oh, who was it? It was my friend Mike that he said, oh, what if Thrawn, having studied up on everyone, knows of Ezra's parents and it's going to use them as collateral or something? Who knows? Which brings, <laughs> which brings the possibility that they're still alive. Right. But who knows? It's Filoni writing. I know, that's true. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Haydn is very curious as to how she opened the portal. And I love that she goes, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells her that he informed the emperor about Ezra entering the temple. So this is why when, I, when we first watched the episode, I was like, well, how does Emperor Palpatine know that Ezra's in there and it's because I completely missed the fact that Haydn was the one to contact and and let him know and so I like that Sabine while talking with Haydn sort of defends Ezra you know she's very confident in saying that Ezra could open it and that the emperor couldn't it's just a sign of things to come really their their relationship is blossoming yes (laughs) yes Jonah yes Uh, we know keep telling yourself that Jonah yes is is that what you're Uh you're trying to say yeah yeah Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so Haydn, another word that he uses to describe this world between worlds is the veil. He calls it the veil. And it reminds Very me Very Harry of, Potter. Yes, I was just going to say that. It reminds me of Harry Potter. And in, I think it was, what book was that? That was uh, The Half-Blood Prince, right? Yes. Where, I think it was, where he ended up going through, through the, the veil. veil. And, and apparently that's... Uh, a place where you essentially go to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that's not the case here. <laughs> I'm glad Ezra is very much alive right now. And by the way, I, I I don't think I said his name, but it was Sirius Black who went through the veil. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sirius. I, I didn't want to imply no, that no, Harry, Harry went no. through the veil. Sirius. <laughs> yeah, in case you hadn't watched it or read it. And so uh, Haydn forces, uh, eventually forces Sabine to help out with the interpretation and he uses physical force by the death troopers as well to get her to help because otherwise he even says it he he who controls it controls the universe yeah some people brought up a good point why have this in the first place why why is this thing even a thing if he who controls it controls the universe think about it in terms of gods these individuals all-powerful all-knowing have disabilities they don't know the consequences necessarily of what's going to happen afterwards with the lesser ones, the lesser entities. Why will God, if you want to think of our God now, why will God give us the Christian one? Yeah, the, the Christian one. Why will he give us freedom to choose? That's true. If we're only going to choose to destroy and make a mess of things, then don't give us the choice. It's not what you are going to do with it is the possibility of you doing something good. So at the moment, you are creating something to facilitate whatever it is that you do without thinking of what possibilities can come after. But at least they safeguard it because an evil person cannot use it because That's this true. is why yeah, Palpatine is trying to see how right. to get in. And, and it seems like the, the only way to do it would be if you can summon 
they've emphasized this before. Like when Maul tried to open the Jedi holocron, he couldn't. Mm-mm. But in order to open a Sith holocron, you have to think like a Sith. And Ezra was able to. He was just able to get to that place. See, a good person can think for a moment as a bad person. But a, but a bad person is more difficult to disguise feeling as a, as good, a good person. As a good person, yeah. So the temple from the outside can perceive the one who's faking it and the one who's not. Nah, you're right. It also reminds me of that quote from Jurassic Park. <laughs> when Ian Malcolm at the dinner table says, I, I'm not going to say it exactly because I don't remember the exact words, but he says, your scientists knew that they could, but they never stopped to think whether they should. The gods had the power. They could do it. They just never stopped to think whether they should do it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you have the money, why not? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Barbara Streisand cloned her dog because she has the money. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a thing. I read it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we, we go back to Ezra and he's in this whole new world. Aladdin and Jasmine would be so pleased. pleased. <laughs> yes. Um, because it's a it's whole com- new oh. <laughs> a dazzling place I, I never knew. knew. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so then you yeah, see- he's still a Thor rat. Oh my God, mommy, that's Come right. On. He's Aladdin. He's yes, face Aladdin. Aladdin. It, it's all connected. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. He's the, the space rat, the street rat. Right. So as soon as he gets in there, he starts to hear all of these quotes and things that have happened, things that are happening, and things that will come to pass. Uh, one thing that I found curious is like with, with Stargate, we get these gates that go to other worlds, right? Yes. But it's not... With these gates... We're basically seeing fixed pivotal points. That's what I thought too. In the timeline. Mm-hmm. It's not just any moment right. in life. It's not like this door is going to show me Kanan eating dinner. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a fixed point in time. A pivotal point in time. Because even Jen Erso was in there as well. You can hear her say the time to fight is now. now. And and that was a that was a turning point yeah. in the movie. People were all over this. You know how yeah. Sabine Sabine was analyzing the painting while we were doing the exact same thing. And you have people who've written down each and every quote. And and I honestly could not bring myself to read it on the show because it's just to so me much. they're just they're, they're just fixed moments in time moments that have represented a pivotal point all across time and space. Yeah, and so Ezra eventually finds the owl, and I'm curious because how does the owl go in and out of this place? Well, if the owl is a representations of the daughter's force. The owl is capable of moving through it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that another thing that I noticed is with Ahsoka's gate and Kanan's gate Mm -hmm. is that there's some points in time that while pivotal, they fade, they're not necessary. How do you mean not necessary? Like they're not necessarily necessary for something else 
to continue for for the timeline to continue happening in the way it is it doesn't alter the timeline you lost me <laughs> so so you have Ahsoka she's okay. fighting with Vader okay at that moment he pulls it out that does not change it loops this is what what I wanted to talk about earlier when she pushes younger Ezra out of the way and the door closes in season two in that moment there is future Ezra yeah. on the other side pulling her out. pulling her out so time is freaking confusing <laughs> you have to think of it as all points in time happening at the same time your past your present and your future they're all lined they're up they're all together remember the, the image of Ray where she sees a lot of herself yes and actually someone brought up brought that up earlier it was Shay that's exactly how time yeah it, it, it's the whole progression so at any given point your past your present and your future are, are all at the together. same time yeah it's just not in one right but on three separate and I have I have said to you that, that she's probably looking herself at different points. Oh, yeah. We talked about it when because we talked about the movie. that's usually how time is represented. Yeah. It's many points, one after the, the other, other, all existing at the same time. Right. So anyway, we we move on and... and all existing at this, in the same space. Yeah. Because we keep using the word time, time and that's what confuses people. Yeah. All existing in the same, same space. space. Yeah. And so Ezra sees the owl and he comes up to the doorway and the owl is actually encouraging him to yes. look. The, the owl also encourages him to to do something when that moment comes. So he sees Ahsoka fighting with Vader from a different angle. And, you know, Ahsoka does at one point just stabs the floor right before the, the temple explodes. And I interpreted that as her still trying to save him because that blast should have killed him as well i don't think she's saving him when, i think at that, at that moment floor. she realizes she can no longer save him this is what she says when she's out she she had to step away from him because she she realized that she could no longer save him okay it is at this point where if ahsoka is taken out from that time Nothing is gonna change. Oh yes, Things there's, are there's no the there's no ramifications if you remove her from that timeline. Whereas if you remove Kanan from his timeline, and line, the daughter knows this, yeah, yes, this is true. The one thing that I would that I would like to know because we do know this is progressing, and we do know because our friendly neighborhood writer, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Filoni. <laughs> Has been hinting at it. And he said it, I think in the interview, was it, what do you mean Ahsoka live? Or something like to that effect. What What do you think that meant? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because that's, you know, she's still alive. Mm-hmm. But not because she was alive at that moment, but because she was going to be alive at some future point when Ezra pulls her out. Right. But I also think that there has to be more purpose to it than just to right a wrong. It was wrong that she was set to die there fighting with her master. So to me, there's more than just bringing her back. He needed somebody to make him realize if Ezra stays in that place alone with nobody oh, to yes. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, there is a purpose to bringing Ahsoka back. And because if Ezra had continued on the path on his own, he would have seen Kanan's door and would have done a, a serious mistake. mistake. Mm-hmm. And who knows what would have happened to him? Would he have disappeared in that moment? Because essentially that that fuel refinery, that, that fuel d- depot would have exploded on them. 
if Ezra had pulled Kanan out and he died and Ezra died in the process, there is no way that Kanan would have been pulled out in the first place because then Ezra would not have existed to go through the portal. Do you get what I'm trying to say? No, he would have been pulled out, but Ezra would have disappeared at that moment but- while Kanan is out. Kanan okay, I see left, what you mean. Because Kanan would have left us asking himself what happened. Right, right. Okay, I get it. Because it, it, it's something that happened after. Yes. So that, uh, so yeah, he would essentially have disappeared. Yeah. Um, even though everything that he's done up until that point has happened. Or it's existed within that realm and not able to ever get out. Right. If we're confusing you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. I, Time is awesome. I, if you say so, mommy. Oh, I, I love Doctor Who. Yeah. Woo. So it, ultimately, what you were trying to say was that there is a purpose to, to why Ahsoka being pulled out because she needed to guide Ezra to make the right decision, and and he definitely needed it. I mean, I needed it because I when Ezra figures out that this is something that he can do. He runs, he, yeah. and I I would have run with him because I would have figured it out too. I was like, I can save Kanan. But at the same time, this was the perfect time for him to learn that last lesson. You have to learn to let go. Anyway, we need to move on. <laughs> uh, oh, we could talk about I this. I all freaking day. <laughs> and so, Tim, I wanted to pull out Tim's email at this point. They said, uh, how do you feel about time travel being introduced in Star Wars? A World Between Worlds was a wonderful episode with their greatest connections to everything. But I really hated the time traveling part because the possibility to change the past opens a very dangerous door to paradise and inconsistency. So I don't think this is something that they're going to do regularly. And this is the whole purpose of the wolf bringing Ezra into it to try to stop Stop it it completely so that Palpatine doesn't get his hands on a power like that. Yeah. Because they know. But it it exists. It is there. It was created. Mm -hmm. So it has to to be introduced. It, It has to be shown. But at the same time, the whole purpose is to stop it. Mm-hmm. To block it from ever being part of the empire's schemes, sh- schemes and yeah. strategies. Personally, even though this stuff gives me a headache <laughs> because you try to figure out how one event affects another and whatnot, I love the fact that they went there because it's not something that we've seen before when it comes to Star Wars. And I'm always for something new and innovative. And even though this isn't new and innovative in terms of science fiction in general, because that's that's always a thing. Star Trek has it. Stargate has it. I don't know. To be honest, I don't think that it was created with the purpose of time traveling. Oh, no, no. Yeah, people have been using the term tri- Tra- time, time travel, but I... It's just That's a manipulation of, of time. T- of time, Because, again, it's fixed points in time. But you know what? People do have a point because you could essentially hop into a different point in time. Yep. But then here's my question. If you do that, how are you able to get back? Is this something that you're able to... You alter. So so, you're, so now you alter So the it's a one-time line. thing. Yeah, now you alter the time unless... You purposely take yourself back to the same place again. But then why will you go back in time? No, I'm saying, okay, let's say you jump into the future. Let's mm-hmm. say you jump into a future event uh, and you are and you want to go back into that the world between worlds. 
how would you go about doing that? Do, would you have to go back to the origin? Oh, no, you you just have to find yourself a, a, a temple where you're able to access the gate. Is there more than one location? Yeah, that, that's the implication. Has to be. Yeah, it because has to be. Um, I think Matt Martin on Twitter had implied that based on what we see, that it looks like there's different portals, that yeah. there's different locations. But then what makes this place on Lothal different from everywhere else? Maybe that is the center, the origin of all the others. True. Yeah. They, they... You close one, you close all of them. Yes. That's like the, oh man, there was a term that was used in one of the books that I read that also dealt with time and, <laughs> and not, not time necessarily, but alternate universes. Yeah. Uh, it was by Claudia Gray, who funny enough writes Star Wars books. Uh, it was called a vector or, or something like that. And if you destroyed one universe based on some of the mathematical theoretical things that go on if they're they're connected in a certain way, way they also they collapse. collapse i can see that happening you close one it closes them all yeah. even though palpatine had one it looked like there was just no way to access it from where he, he was, was. Where, and then it just closed completely when when ezra touched the sun's hand oh man good stuff <laughs> so I hope I hope that's okay, Tim. I think I think Ma, Ma's right. Although Ahsoka's card, the wolves are actually going a different way, and they had different a uh, different amount of wolves. So is that implying that she finds a portal herself when she goes back to Malachor? I don't think she would tamper with that. She might be curious as to what is going on, but Ahsoka, now that she's back in her time, she's gonna have to wait it out for two years two years or so until it gets to the point where Ezra is right now because if she shows up before then she messes up then she creates some sort of paradox or inconsistency ah! <laughs> um, but anyway Ahsoka is clearly surprised to see Ezra because he yeah. looks so different from where he was, was when she seconds ago him. yeah <laughs> and Ahsoka calls to the owl. The owl's name is Morai, and that comes from Greek mythology, which is pretty cool. And she says that this is an old friend. And Haydn, at the same time, had mentioned that the owl could be a servant of the daughter or the daughter herself when acting as a guide. So I thought it was pretty cool that this owl exists. And, and that she's in tune with Ahsoka. But you know what? I wish it's one of those things that they couldn't help because obviously these things came after. But I kind of wish that the owl had made like a very brief appearance in the Mortis arc in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Again, you know, yeah. it, it's said and done. You can't really go back and alter it unless you have a portal. But <laughs> but maybe the owl wasn't as important then as it now. Uh, because it remember, now. Yeah. back then the, they still existed. Now... You don't know if they exist or not, if it's just their spirit guiding. Oh, that's true. Because yeah. they, they, they went through that whole destruction mode thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, <laughs> destruction mode. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ahsoka says that this place is very ancient. And actually, and someone, uh, we were talking on Twitter and they said that, oh no, it was on Facebook. Uh, I think it was Daniel who said that when Ahsoka was pulled out by Ezra, that she didn't seem like, she was in in any wonder of of this place like she seemed not phased by it 
and and that she, he found that behavior to be sort of odd. And I don't know. I don't know why she wasn't in more of a wonder state when she found herself in a different place. I don't know, but Ahsoka has has grown a lot, and she has she's learned a lot. And I think that that we see we saw that when in the episodes that she were in, where um she reacted very maturely and very like matter of factly you know like i know what it needs to be done as though she she knew you know yeah so she may not be a jedi but she definitely has acquired the abilities and the mastery of all things jedi yeah yeah you know and and a jedi would not be in odd remember when when ezra went into that spacey kind of thing and Talk with Yoda, with Yoda. Yeah, which is also ha- which also happened to be the same place. They were in the same place according so, to Rebels Recon. Therefore, you would think that Jedi's or Force sensitive people, at some point or another, have been in that kind of. Oh, so it's familiar to them. So it's, so it it's, may not it should, be the, the exact same place right. and the exact I same image, mean. but they know that at the moment they are in some sort of. Right, uh, you know. Okay, and Ahsoka, yes, I I see the connection where Ahsoka would be familiar with this place because she might have encountered it in the past, yes. given her training. Yeah, okay, I can see that. So that that could be a reason why she wasn't in such awe of this place. Um, but yeah, she's explained. She explains that it's ancient, and she also explains what doom represents. So she says that the will of Canaan is still at work through the wolves. And she goes on to say, there are ways those who have passed on may still guide or influence the living. It's not impossible. So it's very interesting that, you know, what we've been told so far is when you die, you become part of the cosmic force. Or when you die, if you've done the training and if you're selected by the force priestesses, you can preserve your identity after death and become a force ghost. So these are the only two modes that I, I function in mm-hmm. or that most Star Wars fans function in, to be honest. So then when she said that, it was kind of hard to believe that someone in the cosmic force could still preserve their identity and still have influence. I don't think that they're preserving their identity it's as, just a much as, as much as guiding but then, from the outside without really... Being conscious like, about it? Not necessarily conscious. Like Yoda presents himself to the people. He shows himself. Like he showed himself to Ezra. He showed himself, you know, to whomever. Mm-hmm. So... Canaan cannot do that, but his force, his his will, his will can travel through and guide. See, this is what happens when you give us a set of rules and then you introduce something that don't go according to those rules. Because technically, when Canaan dies, will or not, he becomes part of the cosmic force. And his will can still travel Essentially, when you die, what they what they say is that you just become part of the force. Your will, whatever, your identity be, are essentially erased. That's the implication that we've gotten. And they say the will and identity or they well, say the identity? The identity. But then, okay, so we've never dealt with will before. I don't, I don't know. And exactly. I, I, so so I, and that's why I'm finding it hard to... 
what what's happening is you're you you are correlating directly the will of a person with the identity and the preserving themselves as who they were in this environment. Yes. <laughs> you you're making both things the same and they're not necessarily the same. Okay. So the will wills act differently. Your will is sort of your uh, a desire, your desire to help. Things that you still have not completed but you will will like to f- see finish. Unfinished, unfinished business. business. Ghost, oh god. Ghost yeah, comes unfinished. See that wants, makes sense to you know? me cuz I can actually it so, makes sense so of that. So think of the will as an unfinished business. So he's he's working through the force to complete his business. Okay. Okay. It's not that he has given himself a, a form, right, a shape. Right. Okay. And and the wolves are technically medians. Uh, yes. They're the medium <laughs> being used yeah. to act on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it now. <laughs> there we go. You see how I, like found I, said, it? I like to have rules as to how yes. this functions. And when something is not falling in line with those rules, it kind of throws because me off. Because it's not that it wasn't following the rule, it's that you are seeing it as the same thing right. when it's not because you you are not yet associating the, the moment with the correct, which now you, you, you are. are. Yeah, okay, I am. <laughs> it's just unfinished business, John. Unfinished business, yes. Ezra thinks that he's there not just to save Ahsoka, but to save Kanan. He thinks mm-hmm. Kanan sent him there to be able to do yeah. this when it's not really the case. Kanan sent him to finish off what he was supposed to do and that was to close this completely. And, um, and Ahsoka as- just happened to be a bonus. Yes. <laughs> and, and I'm glad that Ahsoka was there too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he starts to run and he catches glimpses of, of Kanan's past and he believes that he can change Kanan's fate. And, and this is another thing. So fate. <laughs> <laughs> In the timeline where Ahsoka was pulled from and Ezra had been kicked off to the side. And of course, we know that future Ezra had pulled Ahsoka out in those moments later. So so it's basically all of this written in stone. Not I, necessarily. I yeah, because I don't like the idea of, of things ha- having to take place because they're already predestined. No, I don't think so. I don't think that this is all written down in stone. Because essentially Ezra in the past has to go through a certain certain events to get to that point in the world between worlds for him to be able to pull out Ahsoka. If if he deviated at any point in in the past, he wouldn't be there. So it, you, and it so would have I, gotten and everything would have turned a whole different way. That's true. It's not written in stone. It's the many possibilities you have. The future in front of you can diverge into so many different possibilities it is your decision at the present moment that determines which of those possibilities are you taking door a door b or door c whichever door you take determines what happens next yeah i see what you mean so in this story they have made choices that have led them to this to this point but it's not necessarily because that it's is written, written in stone, stone and is yeah is because that is the progression of the story. Their choices have taken them here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So when Ezra gets to the point in time where he sees Kanan's last moments playing out, a lot of people have pointed out that the iconography and, and the, the symbols surrounding the, the portal are those pertaining to the Sith. The top center one actually looks a lot like the Sith symbol. So we get the idea that this is actually, even though we're seeing Kanan's last moments playing out, this is more of an illusion. Chun played by Emperor Palpatine. Which is why we end up seeing the Emperor afterwards words, in the same yeah. gate. Mm-hmm. Let's say Ezra had gone through with his actions. It would not have been Kanan that he saved. He would have seen the Emperor. Yeah. And that's a whole different ball. Bulger, yeah. <laughs> Full game. And again, that's a whole different choice. Yeah. But he didn't make that choice. Yes. Which forced the Emperor to then show himself and try to throw his juju through. And so uh, Ahsoka says, Kanan gave his life so that you could live. If he's taking out of this moment, you all die. And Ezra says that she doesn't understand what she's asking him to do. She does know because she can't save Anakin. She knows that she has to let him go. And she says, I'm asking you to let go. And Ezra, you know, he instinctually reaches out um and and that's it happened i'm gonna start crying um and (laughs) i can't even see the quote but she says canaan found the moment when he was needed most and did what he had to do for everyone (laughs) and it's just so sad to realize that you have to let people go (laughs) and that's the lesson (laughs) Oh, man, (laughs) I wanted not to cry for this episode, and I am crying. And he says, I didn't see it, but now sometimes I wish my life were different. I wish I could see my mom and dad. Why can't things be like they were? And Dave, being such a fan of The Lord of the Rings, that this moment reminded me of Frodo and Gandalf when Frodo says, I wish... The ring essentially had never come to me. I wish it needed not happen in my time. Uh, Gandalf says, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given Given to to us. Oh, man. Damn it, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) God, that that moment just it, it gets me every time. And so when Ahsoka asks if he knows how to close the door, Ezra says that Sabine will know. So he's very (laughs) confident and that Sabine will have the answer when he gets out. And again, I love how much confidence he has in her and in each other. Yeah, because it's not just Ezra having confidence in her knowing what what he's supposed to know, but it's also her having confidence on him knowing what to do. Yeah. And then Ahsoka says that she can't go with him. You know, she has to go back to her point in time. And that's when the Emperor moves in. And I like that Ahsoka actually moves in front of Ezra to protect him. And I love that he goes, Ezra Bridger, Ahsoka Tano. Mine at last. And, and, and so the Emperor starts casting his spell. So later on, when we get to the Yoda arc, where we see these Force Priestesses, there's a point in, in those episodes where the Emperor is using his blue cauldron thing. And so I, I can't wait for us to get to those episodes. 
But anyway, uh, he is wanting to pull one of them out. I'm, I'm assuming so that they... So I guess he wanted to pull one of them out to be able to use them to open the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what he wants... Uh, to open the lock, I mean. He needs a connection in order to pass. Either he wanted to pull somebody to his side so that he can use their knowledge or he needs to be connected to one in order to pull himself through. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I get it. Yeah. 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 That was the purpose of the whole illusion in the gate for Ezra to pull through Mm -hmm. and bringing him. Right. So being that Ezra didn't do that, if he takes control of Ezra. You're right. And he can get them closer. He may be able to get himself on this side. Ah, that's fascinating. Yeah, because if he had reached out for Kanan, he wouldn't be reaching out yeah, for, for Kanan. Kanan. He'd be reaching for, for the emperor. emperor and pull him in. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> At this point, they start running for it because of that fire, mystical fire that's sent after them. It reminded me a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender. Airbender. Yeah. Azula with her blue fire. And then he says, when you get back, come and find me. And she says, I will, I promise. And I fully believe that she's going to fulfill that promise. Ahsoka was never one to break her promises. But the thing is, she can't find him right away. In his time, it'll feel like right away. But in her time, she has to actually has to wait. And I don't think she even has a way off of Malachor. Maybe I think one of the Inquisitor ships were left behind. So yeah, I have no idea what Ahsoka's been up to. She might have just stayed there, gone someplace to stay in hiding, because essentially they can't find out at any point in time within those two years. They can't find out about her. But it will be interesting to see how they use Ahsoka in the future. That's for sure. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. And the fact that she tells him, I promise I'll find you, gives me the impression or at least gives me uh, more reason to do more wishful thinking that Ezra is going to survive. Yeah. Because this meeting has to happen. I need to see future Ahsoka and Anakin and Anakin and, and Ezra meet. And I want her to be sort of a mentor to him. Oh, man, that's so cool. <laughs> um, anyway, back outside where all the normal people, people are. are. <laughs> um, Ezra, uh, Hera and Zeb come up with uh, some sort of plan. She's tinkering with the mobile unit that Sabine and Hayden are in. And Zeb warned Sabine with the knocking. knocking. Yeah. So they have, she's like, I understand that language. Yeah. <laughs> and she's also, again, very confident that Ezra is going to come back. So Ezra gets back to his time and he knows that he has to seal the portal. And I like that Zeb actually lifts him up because it's so tall for him to reach. It goes back to my whole blueberry thing. He's such a little short stuff. And at the same time, Chopper is just having a grand old time time. crushing (laughs) crushing people (laughs) in that thing that he's in. Oh, Chopper. I'm going to miss Chopper, uh, That murderous droid. (laughs) (laughs) And so Ezra actually puts his fist this time to match the symbol of the sun. And he starts to close the portal. and, And he faints in the process. It takes a lot of his energy. And so they the painting starts to collapse. 
And I really love how the wolves started running back. The music is just so good. Like I can hear it in the back of my mind. And Haydn falls to his death. Having wanted to serve his his emperor and try to get all the answers, he dies with those answers. And then, oh God, and I, I don't know why I put this here, but... <laughs> to make myself cry so then the screen goes white and what I'm referring to I put a gif of Ezra saying goodbye Kanan in my notes <laughs> just to torture myself because I'm a masochist um, and then the screen eventually goes white and, and Kanan you can hear Kanan saying the force will be with you always and I remember that we started crying at this point. <laughs> Mommy's crying already. Mommy's, you, you gotta stay with me, man. Zev, Zev is constantly being funny. I love that we're... <laughs> mommy, mommy, I know. Mommy, please. <laughs> was, That's what we say, Jonah. Uh, what? The force will be with, with you, you always. always. I know, I know. <laughs> we're not gonna be saying that anymore. <laughs> And and you know and then Zeb says if this is what you and Kanan used to do on your Jedi missions you can keep it yeah <laughs> and I love that and the temple is essentially gone do you think it disappeared completely like it undid all of the excavation do you think it got buried. I did explain, I was talking with several people about this on Twitter, and I mentioned maybe it's something like, you know how when uh, essentially you, you give yourself to the force and, and you disappear, like Obi-Wan and Yoda. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the temple did something Tem- similar and just no, yeah. disappeared that way. Yeah. And and Hera is still holding onto her shoulder, and she says, he's gone now, isn't he? I mean, really gone. And Ezra says, I know what I have to do now. In a way, Kanan showed me one last lesson. And then Ezra looks back. <laughs> Ezra looks back. And he sees the white loth wolf. And he goes, good point, <laughs> This show, man. <laughs> I don't think I've cried so much <laughs> in such a long time. <laughs> Since Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Since yeah. Harry Potter. Those, yeah. those books destroyed me. So he says goodbye, Keenan. And you you see the, the white loth wolf. And I kind of wish it was actually the doom. The doom in, in the distance and not the white loth wolf. Because it gives you the impression. I mean, Keenan... Kenan's wool might have acted through all of the wolves and not necessarily just, just the one. doom. Mm-hmm. So, doom was just an expression of saying, I'm here. This is, you know? Yeah, confirming that he's there or in some way. Okay. And But he's not anymore <laughs> because he's gone. <laughs> and it's just, again, it's just a very, it's beautiful, but it's also painful, the reminder that you essentially have to let go. And I know a lot of people don't like the way Kanan's end was was done. But I feel like part of it is because they can't let go. You know, I and when we did the last episode I was I didn't cry at all because I was like I've kind of accepted that Kanan is gone. But now in doing this episode, like I just keep crying. It was just so beautifully done. That whole the lighting, Joel Aaron and and, and all the other people who work with him in, in depicting that beautiful scene of the light and, and the fog and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> and then that's it. That's it for Kanan. And so my question to you is, do you think Ezra's going... Obviously, no, because you want Ezra to survive. But do you think Ezra is going to take his 
master's lesson literally. No. I know he's going letting, to tr- give let, it his all, though. Letting like, go is not just about sacrificing yourself. Letting go means like what he just had to do. He had to let go of his master at that moment. That doesn't mean he, he doesn't remember his master's lessons. So I don't think that his last last one lesson means necessarily that I'm going to do exactly like you did. Because mm. there was a lot of things that, that have kept Ezra a little bit back and behind, you know? And it's his attachments to the people he loves. But now he knows that loving them doesn't necessarily mean you sprinting and, and doing the wrong thing to save them. That sometimes letting them do their own thing and do, in doing the, the, their own thing, they perish then accepting that. That is also you letting go, which is what Anakin had a lot of trouble with. And Obi-Wan wasn't that great at, you know, conveying the concept because Obi-Wan was very, very harsh in conveying that that concept. Right. Yeah. So, and if you think about it, Obi-Wan was never meant to be the, the, the master for Anakin. That was supposed to be Qui-Gon. Yes. You know? So so here you have Obi-Wan, who is very different from Qui-Gon, because he's very strict in, in his sort ways and by the, book. by the book kind of guy, trying to teach this kid who is very emotionally attached to everything. And off the books. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so that pairing in itself from the beginning was not going to yeah. end up well. That's what is different between Ezra and Kanan. Yeah. Kanan is, he had to come to that realization. But if you think about it, he had come to it before. Self-sacrificing at that moment was not necessarily letting go of everything and letting go of the love he felt for, for, for the people that was around him, but a way of saving them. If you think about it, Canaan has started to let go way before mm-hmm. because that's what made him become a Jedi. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When he when he was facing the Inquisitor, the Inquisitor wanted to kill Ezra and was threatening him, was threatening Canaan. And, and and then Kanan said, you know, I've done the best that I could. And Ezra's choices are his own. And then that's how he got knighted because he was able to let go. He was able to put his weapon down. Exactly. So so he had learned his lesson. Yes. This was just a progression of learning that lesson. Right. That doesn't mean that Ezra is going to do exactly the same thing immediately. Mm. You know what I'm saying? No, I get what so, you mean. So... He, but that's what might might be what he interpreted it as. No, I, I think that he that with Ahsoka there showing him how his actions could affect things, it it helped him come to that realization that it's not about jumping the gun, it's not about going for your feelings, that you have to keep your feelings back, control them a bit, and make better decisions. Mm-hmm. So so he knows what he has to do now. He has to save Lothal. But he has to do it in a way that he is able to take himself a bit away from the people he loves without 
stop loving them. I see what you mean. It's very uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Because yeah. that's what the the guru was trying to teach Aang. Mm. That you le- have to learn to let go. But just because you, you, have, you have to learn that doesn't mean that you have to... Stop loving. Stop loving the people that you love. love. At some point, you have to let go. You love people, but you have to let them go. You have to let them make their own decisions, make their own choices, and learn to live with the consequences of those choices and of those decisions. You're the kin into my Ezra, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go, please. (laughs) Uh, So final thoughts. What do you think of Ahsoka being the daughter, Ezra being the son, and Kanan being the father, all of whom sort of played a part in bringing some sort of balance to Lothal? In a way, Ahsoka helped Ezra make the right decision. And Ezra is obviously going to play a big role in what's to come. And Kanan obviously did his part. So I like that. I like to think that they all three working together helped bring one sort of aspect of balance yeah. to the Force on Lothal. Oh, and one other thing that we didn't even see or have any explanation for was the cave painting. Remember when... When they first went through that uh, thing with the wolves and they mm-hmm. ended up in the cave and the cave had all these cave paintings. Mm-hmm. You can see Lothal, you can see a little baby being offered up of sorts, like uh, being risen or taken. Um, and then there's the Jedi um, and then there's two figures that a lot of people interpreted as the parents. We kind of thought that that was going to play a role with Kanan in revealing this Where part of from. the history. It's just so you don't think there's a significance behind it or connection no. to anything that's happening? No, not necessarily. I think it's more of a portrayal of the time, mm. of the things that were happening at the time. Yeah, I think it's just presenting what uh, will eventually become the, the Jedi religion in terms mm-hmm. of them taking children, obviously, willingly mm-hmm. for training. Whether it's connected to Kanan, we have no idea because it hasn't been explained. But here's hoping the next couple of episodes maybe touch on it. Who knows? So moving into listener thoughts and questions, Flo said, Hey, you two. I loved these two episodes, especially A World Between Worlds. I really like time travel stories and was happily surprised when Ezra actually pulled Ahsoka through the portal. I was hoping he would do it, but didn't think it would actually happen. After all, I often heard people say that they don't want time travel in Star Wars. I think they pulled it off quite nicely, and I wonder how the community feels about it. There's some mixed thoughts about it. But I also started to question everything. Ezra was able to reach through the portal, so why did Ahsoka not leave through the same portal as Ezra? That is a good point. She could have technically just left with him. Do people have to leave through the same portal as they entered and can only reach through the other ones? So you can't exit through another portal, but you can poke at someone's eye, for example. (laughs) Um, Or could there be a force user out there who is his own grandfather because you can actually leave through them all? Anyway, I think we should call him Ezra Time Bridger (laughs) from now on. You heard it here first, folks. By the way, thanks for all these great podcast episodes. I hope you two continue to talk about future Star Wars content. So, yeah, that's a good point. Why couldn't Ahsoka? Because her point in time, she would not have affected any future events. 
technically she could have left through Ezra's portal, but then there's the question of then all the questions come in. Yeah. Like can they can someone go through a different portal yeah. uh that wasn't their own? So then what's the purpose of the again, what's the purpose of it? Learning. Can you imagine the things that you could learn if you can go and visit all the points in time that have made and use that? Use the knowledge you gain. Knowledge is power. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing your past, knowing what went wrong, knowing what you did wrong, knowing what somebody else did wrong, knowing the future. And this is why it is a great source of power and why Palpatine is so much after it. Because not only he can alter time by doing the wrong thing and pulling people left and right, but... He, he can know even more than what right. he knows already. His, I think his intention was more to influence. To influence, yeah. like, exactly. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe these aren't necessarily just doors. Maybe they're just windows. To, to. And, and the one, the door from On Lothal is actually a door. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, maybe these things aren't supposed to have, you're not actually supposed to meddle with this. With it. You're just, it's just there to, for you to observe. It's like, like watching TV. Yeah. It's a different channel. Yeah. Yeah. And again, and I think this, this are were all safeguards. So, so they created this instance, this place where all these points in time connect. But they had also built in safeguards so that they won't be abused and they can only be used in the right way. Right. And I'm actually curious. I mean, but maybe this is also where prophecies come from. Yeah. What if there was at one point someone who who knows who was in there and traveled uh, the different doors heard things saw, saw that Anakin was the chosen one and then that's yeah. how the prophecy of the chosen one became without a thing. seeing everything else that happened yeah, after. Yeah. good call <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks for not reading the rest you're yes. going through the the rest of the timeline there yeah. <laughs> um but then anyway Patty and Michael said the rest of us had a week to digest the events from the previous episodes while both of you did not have that did going straight to these two very surprising and surreal episodes give you enough time to digest what happened in the previous two which is true we saw one episode yeah. after the other no we didn't actually, have time to no, process no, no actually when we we saw all these uh, four episodes and it was like wow like you know when 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 a whole bunch of knowledge is pouring into your head you. dropped on you and you have no freaking clue what to do we've been talking since then (laughs) and every time we just come up with something else you know and actually seeing them again afterwards that's what allowed us to to sat down and talk more yeah because we were we already processed it even though we got one after the other without really having any time in between to really think about them and actually when we saw that the other the the first two uh the second time we started thinking more of the other two that we were going to be seeing now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we, we, we saw the next the, the, the next two and we started thinking about more things. Yeah, yeah. So. And it's funny because then, thankfully, I had, we had, I had you, but then uh, I also had Aaron. So Aaron had stayed in the same hotel as, as, as us and uh, we, we went to sleep just talking to each other. <laughs> we were just like whispering back and forth, yeah. just talking about the episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were I there. Was there. I know. 
know. Sorry, we kept you up. But yeah, and I was like, man, we should have called this um, uh, After Hours with, 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 Star, Star with Star Scavengers. With yeah, because that's the name of our podcast. Uh, they also asked, uh, did seeing these two episodes right after seeing the first two episodes lessen the impact of Kanan's death as you were watching it, especially since you saw the scene of Ezra choosing to let go? No, actually, it enhanced it no. more. It just made us cry more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I remember just breaking down instantly. <laughs> These four episodes, as beautiful as they are, because they're beautiful, they're masterful, they're brutal. Oh, God, <laughs> you know? yeah. They're rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you believe that Dave gave Ahsoka back to make up for losing Kanan? No, no I don't think so. I, that that That's what I, I mentioned before, that I he probably chose Ahsoka because of everything else, you know, and how he's close to that character. But Ezra needed a guidance. Ezra needed somebody to point out the obvious. And Ezra walking through the different uh, windows, at some point he was going to hear the window, the door, the, the gate where Canaan is choosing to sacrifice himself. And he would have fallen for it and disaster would have followed. So he needed somebody to um, be there and remind him. And what better person than Ahsoka? Could it have been anybody else? Yeah, it could have been anybody else. But, you know, if Ahsoka is one character that he likes, that's the character he chose. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people who are actually not not happy with the fact that Kanan is dead or the fact that he died in the way that he did. But the thing is, I don't see, especially with this the storyline of them being in this world between worlds, I don't see how Kanan could have contributed. This is ultimately Ezra's story, and Ezra is the one that needed to take focus from here. Yeah. You, if you have a better idea, please let me know, because I'm curious. I, I really want to know what it is that you envisioned. Ultimately, Kanan died doing what he believed in. Yeah. And if, if you wanted him to live simply because you just want to have a happy ending, that's not a good story. I might sound like a hypocrite right now because I know for a fact that in past episodes I, I've, I might have said uh, something along the lines of killing off characters isn't original and, and isn't a good story. But in this particular instance with Kanan, his death served the purpose. Maybe it's because I've come to accept it. I, I've, I've learned to let go. Jonah, one last lesson. The one last lesson. But honestly, if you have a better idea, please let us know because I, I'm curious as to what it is that you think would be better. That's what fan fiction is for. The, that, essentially, something. that's what fan fiction is for, which is why I write fan fiction all the time because yeah. I would like to see it done differently. But for this instance, I actually would not write something different. If anything, I would write um, Hera maybe f years down the line, her struggling with new feelings for a new person, person. and thinking of Kanan. So yeah, that, like, that stuff I can see myself writing. Anyway, that's just me. <laughs> um, I loved how Hera reacted during these two episodes. Being the mother of the family, I understand her worry for them. However, I was very impressed that she thought of what Kanan would do 
and that she let the kids go into danger for a greater purpose. What do you both think of Hera in these episodes and how she reacted to Ezra and Sabine's insistence on taking this mission on? We see the hesitation on her part. We we see how she's still struggling with the events that have taken place. I just hope that she's able to get a hold of it because, yeah, we only have 90 more minutes to go. But a wrong decision because you're not in the right frame of mind can take the story into a whole different spin that we don't want her to go to. I would like for her character to get a hold of what's happened or at least um, her acknowledgement of, yes, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because that's the first step. Oh, Acceptance. yeah. Ac- um, admitting that yeah. you are having an issue with it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, Michael. Michael was very excited to see that Ezra saved her, saved Ahsoka. Uh, However, since she went back to Malachor instead of going with Ezra, so Michael does not believe she is alive outside the temple. In other words, he will not believe that Ahsoka is really alive until he sees her back fighting alongside Hera, etc. So is Ahsoka truly alive in your opinion, or does she only exist inside the temple? I think she's truly alive. Alive, Yeah. It's just that she's uh, alive just two years ago. Yeah. Um, and she's still alive. It's just that we have not seen her. Yeah. And I know seeing is believing, but sometimes you have to have hope and faith. And those things aren't always visible. Yep. Keep the faith, Michael. <laughs> um, and, and I'm sure we'll see her not in the next couple of episodes, because I think we got the impression from the Q&A that Ahsoka's story is done and it's not going to affect what's to come in the next three episodes but we might see her again in the future i'm not sure in what but i am looking forward to it okay and then jd hart asked if it takes a master and an apprentice to open the jedi temple on lothal and ezra can do it by himself perhaps he is both at once i remember i replied to him Uh and and i said oh that's an interesting thought and things along that along those lines and then he added the other way to look at it is that Kanan was still helping even though he wasn't physically there. And I said, okay, here come the tears. <laughs> um, because it's true. I mean, you could see it as Ezra being in the mentality of both the master and the apprentice. Or you could see it as as Kanan helping him in that instance. Or it could just be a one-person type of thing. Yeah. Because I, and the answer that I told him was because this is ancient stuff. Oh, and this yeah. is before the rule of two by the Sith. This is before Jedi and, and, and Padawans. So this could be just, a, you know, whoever's there can access it. Um, so it, it whoever's could, able to yeah. can access it. Whoever has a strong connection yeah you know because that's that thing the jedi and and their newer concepts you will need a jedi and a master uh, sorry a a master and and an apprentice because in between the both you have enough power and enough desire for the temple to register it you know but at this point ezra has enough of that power of that desire that it can register with the temple without having to have a second yeah. next to him. Yeah. So I guess there's a few ways to interpret it. Um, hopefully, if we ever get to talk with Dave, that's one of the questions I'll ask. <laughs> oh. 
So many questions, so, so little many questions, time. I know. Uh, Anna's email said, hey, I liked it. I liked the episode, but for different reasons from what many are liking it. The episode feels like a huge nod to a game called Chrono Trigger. Time traveling, time con- continuity, a place connecting all times and space, pulling people from timelines. I'm sure there are other works of fiction using the same premises like uh, Bill and Ted, Greatest Adventure, for sure. They pull mm-hmm. out people from their own timelines. But I can't help but spot the heavy influence of Chrono Trigger in the plotline. I know Dave talked about the inspiration behind this. Chrono Trigger wasn't mentioned, but something else was. And I not, I cannot remember the name of it now. But it was some sort of a show or game from when he was a kid. Oh my god, and I have it at the tip of my tongue. It started with an R, but I can't remember what it is. Anyway, I uh, I assumed something along the lines would happen as soon as Doom started talking about the past and the future. In fact, I assumed the temptation for Ezra to save Kanan would be there, although I thought the Emperor would be the one to offer him this chance, which kind of happened. I didn't expect it to be as easy as to literally just reach and pull someone from a point in time. And of course, as soon as I saw the leaked image of Ahsoka, I understood where all of this was going to be heading. I even then tweeted the day before that I would scream if they pulled a chrono trigger with Kanan. I still screamed when, when Ezra saved Ahsoka. In any case, while the concept of a place of time convergence is not new to me, I find it as an excellent addition to the Star Wars lore. Now we know Ahsoka is alive somewhere in Malachor, perhaps even finding yet another portal in the tunnels as the cards depicted. Uh, If Ahsoka is back in this timeline and alive, she might be hiding her time, biding her time so she can reunite with Ezra once he had gone through the portal journey and they are up to date again. If Ezra survives the finale, I guess the most logical thing would be to let him and Ahsoka go off together, likely to explore the lore behind the Mortis gods and the portals to make sure they don't fall into the Emperor's hands. Certainly not how I would have preferred it to happen. I love Ahsoka, but I would pick Kanan any day if given the choice. So yeah, Anna, I know you've expressed that you're not a fan of what's happened to Kanan. So I'm curious as to uh, what what you would have preferred, um, how you would have preferred for it to go down. Obviously, given by your email, you would have preferred him to be alive. If ultimately he had to die, how would you have preferred it went down? Um, so yeah, email us and let us know. <laughs> Shay's email, she she said, Hi, Jonah and Ma. Wow, these episodes are both some of the weirdest and most amazing things to come out of Star Wars Rebels so far. They launched me and my sister into a full-blown discourse on the difference between fate and destiny. <laughs> I know the feeling, Shay. Um, this time, though, instead of doing my typical full-blown hypo-theorizing thing, I just, I've just got a few thoughts I'd like to share and get your opinions on. First off, I'm curious about what you all thought concerning Kanan seeming to still be around in some form since his death in last week's episodes and then seemingly leaving for good at the end of A World Between Worlds. Do you think it actually was Kanan in some sort of force ghost form when we see him appear briefly behind Hera in Wolves and Adore? Or was that moment just symbolic of his presence still being around through the cosmic force and Hera's memories of him? And do you think he's truly gone forever now or can his presence still somehow manifest itself to help Ezra or possibly anyone else later on if need be? I can't help but wonder about that one line from season four, the season four trailer where Kanan says, we were meant to be Jedi now when Lothal needs us most. Unless I'm totally off, that line never happened in any of the episodes so far, right? It could have been cut or purposefully added to throw off us fans, of course. I just wonder. So yeah, uh, Kanan, that was definitely a memory for Hera. 
Um, yeah. In terms of him still having some sort of influence in the future, maybe. But I think the implication at the end with Kanan and with Ezra saying goodbye, Kanan, and the wolf turning and leaving gives me the impression that his will is done, done. and he yeah. can fully join the cosmic force. Yes. And since he doesn't have the training, and since it obviously looks like the Force priestesses didn't choose him to be a Force ghost, then that's not a possibility for him. So now he he's, is one literally yeah. with the Force. He he's completed his his task. Yeah, he he did what he had and, to do. Uh, he had he no longer have any unfinished business. He didn't have an unfinished business, and he went into the white light. light. You know how people say you go into, into the, the white, white light, light. Yeah, go into the light. Yeah, the, well, unlike you're an insect, and they tell yeah. you don't go into <laughs> the, the light. light. The was, light is not your friend. Yeah, that was from a Bug's Life, I think. Yeah, yeah that was funny. But uh, in terms of. Kanan showing up because of that quote. I don't know. It, it, like I, like we mentioned in the last episode, that hasn't happened yet. It could be that it was left on the cutting room floor or uh, that it was purposely added to the trailer to throw us off. Where do you think Ahsoka will go from here? I'm inclined to believe that she actually will not show up in, again in Rebels, and you are correct, but that they're saving her for another time, perhaps even the next animated series, or to have an encounter with Luke Skywalker as she searches for the ancient secrets to rebuild the Jedi Order. To be honest, I don't think she would be interested in, in rebuilding the, the Jedi. Jedi. I, I don't think that that's her path. I She herself doesn't align herself with that anymore so i don't see why she would be influenced by luke in that way to to do that maybe maybe she'd be inspired like oh maybe i'll try it again (laughs) maybe they won't screw me over a second time and then kylo ren kills them all (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i don't i don't see her doing it i don't know where else she would go really dave ultimately knows oh yeah (laughs) And here's my one mini theory. Do you think it's possible that the world between worlds is somehow connected to the dark side cave Ray went to in The Last Jedi, specifically the mirror scene? That place also seemed to somehow be a place where the past and future extended out and could be accessed and where the destiny of different things could be seen. Perhaps it was a very small part of a bigger picture, just like what we saw with Yoda and Ezra in the past. This gates or, or, or things could be present in other temples. So I don't think that is it's a direct connection, more of just more of the concept. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's just a, like an extension of it. Of it, yeah. Not necessarily the, the same thing, but I really love where you went with it and that it could possibly be connected and. I didn't like again. I didn't even think about that, and and I'm glad that you brought it up because, and then mommy brought it up too with yeah, the whole I, the, I, I, the I, series I, of rays, um, and representing yeah. the different points in time of her of her lifetime, past, present, future, all in between. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. And also, when I first saw Doom, I noticed that the parts with Hera in the cave mourning Kanan, and particularly the first one, seemed rather oddly set up. 
They actually seem to follow the very distinct setup that all of Ezra's vision sequences have taken with the way the first shot looks down from above, how the different other shots are framed, and the way the cuts between them are made. And even with the lighting, how it seemed to be streaked out around the edges. At first, I truly thought that we were seeing all of this from Ezra's point of view as he was seeing it through some sort of vision. But as the episode went on, it became apparent that that was not true. So I came up with this headcanon that I'm still hanging on to. And I think Monday's episodes lend extra credence to it. I believe that those scenes are being seen through Kanan's eyes as he looks down on her from the netherworld of the Force because Kanan's been looking out for her since the beginning, literally since their first meeting in that alley on Gorse in A New Dawn, and he would totally still watch over her after his death, even though she has no way of knowing that he's there. Seeing him appear behind her to lend his comfort when... Uh, she didn't want to let Sabine and Ezra continue their search has pretty much confirmed this hen cannon in my mind and I plan to hang on to it for good. <laughs> you go, Shay. You do what you want to do. Yeah, ultimately, and, and Dave mentioned this in a separate interview, but people ultimately believe what they want to believe. Uh, if that's what you choose to see, I'm not going to say that you're wrong or I'm not going to say that you shouldn't do that because it doesn't make sense. Uh, if it makes sense to you, go for it. I actually really like the idea of Kanan looking down on her. Um, I didn't even notice the, the, the different shots and how they were um, set up. So that's that's pretty cool that you saw it from that perspective. Um, and I and I support your headcanon. <laughs> so thank you Shay for your email Adjo's email this is the last email hey it was good to see you on the Star Wars show yay Star Wars show uh, I know you said your mind was racing and you were worried about a number of things while on stage but you looked really relaxed with Dave I'm glad that's how it came across <laughs> wow she was stressed out yeah it was but in a good way because it was fun um, wow these latest episodes were absolutely incredible and for the the first time in canon at least we have time travel in star wars and i thought this was expertly executed i'll never forget that we all seem to watch those two episodes on malachor with cold sweat wondering if ahsoka was going to make it out and yet none of us were quite prepared to fathom what her fate was by the end when it was over though what whether we adored the ending that would be me or criticized it we all championed the fan-created mantra, in Filoni we trust. And once again, he proved that there was always a plan. This was not trite, convenient, nor contrived. Uh, there were clues and layers even back to season one that demonstrated this world between worlds existed within the Lothal Temple. Now it all makes sense. You might recall I said a few months ago, Lothal's portals reminded me of Star Trek's City on the Edge of Forever, well, there's no denying the crew's love for Trek here. Obviously, Ezra's Kanan dilemma was akin to Kirk wanting to save the Great Depression-era mission worker Edith Keeler, where saving her life unraveled the timeline and allowed Nazis to take over the oh, Earth. Earth. I'll also say that the Emperor wanting to use these portals to send his influence over the entire galaxy was reminiscent of the Iconian Empire, who took over planets using the portal gates that could send people to various places in the galaxy without spaceships. Sounds like Stargate to mm. me. <laughs> Even the wolves' hyperspace tunnel field with the ghost crew replaying visions and voices of their past was an homage to Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, but with these two episodes that contain that many Trek references, 
why not also invite a former cast member, Malcolm, who wonderfully plays the minister, Minister Hayden, and wishes to gain access to this world between worlds, also played a character named Tolian Soran in the movie Star Trek Generations, in which he nefariously schemed to re-enter this netherworld vortex called the Nexus, where, oh. <laughs> where time and space doesn't exist, and one could travel to any place or time. I also love that, that Indiana Jones continues to be a theme for these stories as well, not only in structure but also with kiner's music as well so true very informative email adwa thank you i watched star trek and, and you, you didn't pick no, up on any of that no <laughs> i know i've seen mcdonald Mac, uh, yeah. before mm-hmm. in star trek star trek but i couldn't remember which <laughs> yeah and, and then ultimately who he played and yeah how, yeah <laughs> But that's cool that you uh, picked up on that. And and the fact that, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars are that much closer together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's it for our episode today. So thank you, everyone, for your comments and responses. Stay tuned for our next Rebels chat. Our last Star Wars Rebels-themed Rebels chat. <laughs> uh, where we'll discuss the episodes of Fool's Hope and Family Reunion and Farewell. In the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher. Visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter. And if you haven't done so already, please follow our podcast network on Twitter by searching for at We Are Escape Pods and tune into Unmistakably Star Wars and the Sky Talkers podcast for more Star Wars news and discussion. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>